The time is now. It is tournament in a tea break, Wimbledon style. You are listening to Ros Sattar, and I'm going to be joined by... Chris Otto. Oh, it's so good to have you back. I'm back. You're back, third, baby. Third straight year. Happy to be here. <laughs> so, well, what a day. Uh, as you know, Wimbledon starts tomorrow, but we've been busy little beavers, haven't we? We have. Lots going on. Yeah. So, Chris arrived on Saturday and managed to hang with all the players. Uh, his Simona Halep impersonation is uncanny. Uh, and then we went, got credentials, sat and listened to um, the great Roger Federer and the even greater Gabinier Muguruza. Uh, oh, and Serena Williams. The All sec- of that coming up. The sexy Roger Federer. The sexy Roger Federer, no less. Uh, but anyway, in fact, talking of Roger Federer, let's crack on with our um, uh, take on the men's draw. So, Roger plays Stuttgart, wins. Plays Haller, loses. So my timeline is roughly split with Calamity versus meh, it's okay. You know, to be honest with you, a final and a title in the run-up to Wimbledon doesn't sound too bad to me. What say you, Christopher? I agree. I think if you look closely at the Haller performance, there are things you could probably pick apart and say, hmm, maybe he's, maybe he's coming in with less confidence than he has in previous years. But nine matches, 12 days. He won eight of them. The court's loss was a little bit strange, but I think after a week of practice at Wimbledon, he's going to be just fine. What? So, I, did, I mean, I didn't watch the match because I was covering Birmingham and Eastbourne. So what, what was strange about it? Just strange to see a player like Borna Torich, who came into Hollow with a 2-7 and seven record on grass, kind of be the better player on that day. I think it was, if I, I don't remember the details closely, but... It was a close match, and big points went to Borna. We have to look that up. I think I think he won a tiebreaker, did he not? I can't Federer? remember. But yeah. It, it, all in all, just very strange. And Federer, over the course of that week, smashed a ball into the crowd. Kind of didn't. He played some really brilliant tennis, and he also played some really just awful stuff. So it was a little bit of a mixed week from him that kind of made you wonder what kind of form he's going to be in at Wimbledon. Right. Well, we'll obviously find out because he'll be leading off uh, proceedings tomorrow on centre court uh in terms of who do you think could actually challenge Roger Federer because because at the end of the day Roland Garros it kind of was a bit of an anti-climax for me it was all about who was actually going to be in the final with with uh, Nadal there was never any question that he wouldn't make the final there was never any really question that he wouldn't win it to be at- brutally honest with you by the time I got to that final I was pretty meh because I was spent with all the drama of the women's final so are we going to have the same situation here in Wimbledon where Roger coasts to the final and we should just give him the trophy now and then go sightseeing around London, especially while it's really good? You could see, you could get into the London Eye and you could see for miles, you know? I mean, it's and it's and that's no joke because it's like it's kind of, kind of hard to get tickets for the London Eye, man. So, you know, should we just give him the give him the trophy now and then just go sunbathe on the hill or what? What do you think? A- absolutely not. Federer on grass is not Nadal on clay. Federer at Wimbledon is not Nadal at Roland Garros. Um, draw gets tough for Roger in week two. He might face George again. Most people think he'll, he'll easily breeze by him if he does. But then there's either Anderson or Quarry in the quarters. And then the big one, Marin Cilic, potentially in the semifinals. I think Roger got a little bit unlucky with the draw by being in that half. That'll be a really tough semi if he gets there, especially if he struggles in those two previous rounds. And also, I mean, Mar- we always joke about Marin, who's like kind of the, the invisible man until the second week because he kind of creeps through the draw. Nobody pays him any attention. Um, and then all of a sudden you get deep into the second week and it's like, oh, wow, we're into the quarterfinals and Marin Cilic is there. Hmm. How'd 
and he started his thing well. He was he was good in Queens. What do you what say you? He was awesome in Queens. He he really handled Kyrgios well in the semis. He saved the match point against Djokovic in the final. His serve is so effective on grass. It, we talk about other servers like Federer and Kyrgios and then some of the big guys, you know, the Karloviches and the Isners. And, and, but I, th- I don't think there's a more effective server. Jill Muller is a, is a good mm. spot server, but I don't think there's a more effective server than Chilich. Like, the, people just, they don't know what to do against his serve. They're guessing. They're not getting it back. And I think, off the subject a little bit, but I think if he faces Federer, you look at the heartbreak he's had in the last two meetings. He blew oh. two sets to love lead. And then the blister last year that made him cry. Those two, you know, I think he's been building to something. There might be some kind, he might be able to get past Federer if he faces him. Yeah, I think it was a big thing for him to meet him in the Australian Open uh, and and acquit himself well and take it to five sets. Yeah, um, good point. And I, th- I, think, I think he's got unfinished business. But I'm also going to throw this in the mix. I think that, um, I always said that uh, Roland Garros was a slam too soon for Novak Djokovic. And I I just believed that he came back too soon. Even beyond that, it was way too soon when he came back at the Australian and we saw all the problems that he had and I didn't think he would ever be anywhere near ready for Roland Garros. I think he's ready now. I would put him down as one of my tips for the for the top. I think you're making a good call right there. I think he's probably top three favourites with maybe definitely top five, maybe top three. Okay. Okay. Well, we shall see. Uh, the women's draw not as easy to kind of predict. Um, I mean, Garbinia, it depends on which one turns up on the day. Uh, what I have been impressed with with her is how she's kind of matured very quickly. And I asked her the question in, in press today that, you know, it's, it's kind of very Ferris Bueller. Life comes at you fast. You know, blink and you might miss it. And, um, you know, she's she's had... She, she really struggled when she was defending the French Open um, title the first time around. There was a lot of pressure on her. The Spanish people were just going on and on and on about, you know, how, are you ready, are you ready? And at one stage, I think maybe in Rome, she was like, I'll tell you what, I can't wait for the French Open so that these questions just stop. And, you know, obviously we know that the crowd were all on Mladenovic's side. Mm. Mladenovic was forzering all over the place. Um, and she was in tears. She broke down in a press conference and then came out with probably the most killer one-liner in a press conference I've ever heard, which is, like, I don't know, I think I've heard she speaks 25 languages already or whatever, <laughs> you know. And it was just, it was, it, uh, that will always stay with me. But I think what I've seen is that she's matured a lot. So when she, when I, I thought she was going to batter Halep, I thought she was going to batter Halep, serve her with chips, and send her across the channel. Um, I was genuinely surprised at I how Halep... I, I was gobsmacked. Yeah. But I was even more surprised at how she reacted in press, in that I was expecting her to be, again, pretty histrionic. You know, it was it was, it was was a tough loss. But she just seemed to handle it well. And she was just like, you know, she, she had her game plan, and she stopped me from doing anything that I wanted. Perhaps, you know, kudos to her. Too good her. Um... And she seems to be not as wound up about this particular title defence. I mean, I think she said, she said it, it was like kind of, I don't, I'm not looking at defending the title, I'm looking at winning a third slam. And I think that's actually a real good attitude change from her. I still don't think she's going to do it though, but I think it's a really, a really good well, attitude. With Garby, we always, we always wait for about three rounds and then we start to all believe that she may indeed yeah, do I it. And then, so if, if she gets that far... Gets in the second week. I think she's slated to potentially face. Her draw's not bad. She's in that crazy top half with Halep, Kvitova, mm. 
and also her, but she's in the half of the half that doesn't have Petra or Simona. So it looks pretty nice. She could have a rematch with Kerber in the quarterfinals. I tend to agree with you. I don't know if I see her winning this one. I feel like she played so well in Roland Garros, and I don't really think she's ever been one to play back-to-back slams so well, but no. I, I don't know. I, no. watch, let's watch a few rounds, and then we can talk again about her. I mean, as as, as much as I was invested in Halep winning uh, in Roland Garros, uh, I, don't, I don't see her doing back-to-back slams. Uh, I mean, she's made the semifinal once where she lost to Jeannie on that amazing run of Jeannie's where Jeannie then got battered by Kvitova completely. Oh, yeah. And ever since then, she's not really made any kind of impact on the grass at all. Uh, so I don't see Halep winning this. I think she's going to come up against... Um, is she in that same thing? She's in that same section with Kvitova, isn't she? That's a potential quarterfinal. Yeah, so I think I think that's where she's going to come uh, upended. What about Kerber while we're looking at that particular sheet, sheet of paper? Well, yeah. She's been pretty steady this year. Not particularly remarkable, but pretty steady. I think she's awesome on grass, and right, she's played well enough to have a lot of confidence going in, like probably nine or ten other players. I think you, with the women, they're, they're, this is not a criticism. They're just so stacked. I mean, it's praise for the women's game right now. There's so many deep, talented players that I'm so excited to watch and see how this turns out, and she's one of them, and she could definitely make a run, potentially win it. She's already been at a final here. You know, winner of multiple majors. I, this could be something really special for her. And remember, last year she played in the Laruta. Was it round of sixteen? And that was an incredibly mm-hmm. close match. That Garby, I think, it was kind of the springboard when she got through that tough yeah. match. She was able to go on. And oh yeah, that was when close. they were out in the car park or something, wasn't it? <laughs> were they were they playing out in like Orangi? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I think Kvitova is pretty much most people's heart favorite. You get what I mean. She should be, but did she peak too soon? I mean, that's our question. Is she going to play as is she going to play as well here as she has in the previous weeks in the lead up? Certainly, she can. We're all looking forward to seeing her do that and make a run. It would be a beautiful thing to see. There's not, watching Petra on grass is just oh. it's a mind blower. She's, when when she sees that ball like a football, it's 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 every bit as powerful as watching Venus's elegance on there. You know, it's 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 a sight to behold. Uh, do we want to add anybody to this mix of uh, Muguruza, Kerber, and Kvitova at this stage? In in the whole women's draw? In the this whole half? women's draw. Uh, there's a, a 23-time major champion by the name of... Oh, um, yeah, let's talk uh, about her. I can't think of her name, but I I think she's a mother, one of the, the mothers of the WTA tour. She, and she got something about grass court seeds. I think they gave uh, her a little packet of seeds to plant or something. Uh, I don't know. Let me think. SW19. Serena Williams. That's the one. Let's talk. I mean, Serena was in great form in press today. She made the poor guy, the poor moderator from the All England Club, shift rather uncomfortably in his seat as she discussed at great length about breastfeeding and the issues therein of uh, <laughs> disconnecting with one's child and indeed losing weight. I've never seen anybody look more like they just wanted the earth <laughs> to swallow them up than this poor guy that was just like, oh, please stop saying words, stop saying words. But she is back. She has been seeded. She's been seeded at the top of that final bracket of eight, so between 25 and 32. What is the significance of this? I hear you ask. Well... Check out our article on where the seeds may fall. But basically, that bracket of seedings will meet the players seeded one to eight in in the first round. So 
she will avoid pretty much every other seed. They are all happy. Let's be honest. Were you waiting for the draw to chuck Sibuk over up against Serena? Oh my goodness. That would, <laughs> that would have been amazing. And I do feel bad for Sibukova about being bumped out. But I think you're talking about you know setting up a draw to make the tournament most fair. I think that, that seeding Serena was the right move. And I think seeding in that top bracket as well definitely really helps because the way that they set it up she's not only not going to meet um any of the other uh, other seeds but you know she, she'll she'll bypass sharapova she'll bypass her sister you know it i think they actually i think that, i actually think the all-in club should do a seeding formula because we do have some very good grass court players out there we've seen that in the in the warm-up events mm-hmm. we've seen rabarakova you know work oh, her yeah. magic kvitova obviously uh, you know, there are some great players out there. Wozniacki didn't do herself any harm. Yeah, Sabalenka yeah. played really well this week. You know, there's there's some... You, you ought to be able to shift people's um, position up and down those rankings based on how they played on grass. Because some people... It does... You know, Kerber, I'd say, would benefit from a high, slightly higher seeding. Yeah, I think so. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Muguruza, even, for goodness sake. I oh, mean, yeah. she's been a finalist and she now holds the sand. For sure. So I yeah, but the All England Club is as the All England Club does. But where do you see Serena landing eventually? Potentially winning this title shapes up with the third rounder against Svitolina. I think that matchup's good. The questions that I think we have to ask and that we'll know more about after a round or two is how is that pectoral injury? Yeah. What type of serving is she able to do? Because if her serve is compromised, then that takes away what makes her most lethal on the grass. So we need to know about that. Can she hit in the one twenties? You know, can she do that that vaunted serve that we all you know makes our draw jaws drop? And if that's there, then and her game's coming together, I think she could easily win this tournament like she's done seven times before. It'll be one hell of a story, I tell you. Yeah. What would have been one hell of a story, at least for for the Brits, would be the triumphant return of one Andrew Baron Murray, sir, no less. However. Late this afternoon, Andy Murray withdrew from Wimbledon. Um, there was no real indication in his press, other than some vagaries of if I don't feel good, then I won't play. He confirmed to people in Eastbourne that there was no risk to him playing. It was just whether or not he could do himself justice in, f- in best of fives. Uh, and he decided that it's too soon in the recovery. And I, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, he only started playing literally the week before Queen's. In that week before Queens, when yeah. he was supposed to be at Ross Marlin. Right. So, you know, to then pitch up and play another hour's worth minimum of, on top of on top of what he's been playing was mm-hmm. always going to be maybe pie in the sky. Yeah, I agree. I think he made a wise decision. He knows what he's capable of right now. And he's thinking I very well. He's playing pretty well. I think the form that he showed was pretty impressive, although he only won one of three matches. But... Overall, I thought he looked really good, and I think he knew, but geez, I could be headed for the round of 16, meaning I could be playing four best of five yeah. set matches, and I don't know if my hip's ready for that, and I don't want to set myself back yeah. another six months or a year, and I think he's made a wise decision. I also think, clearly, he's afraid of facing Benoit Pair. Yes, well, I mean, <laughs> let's face it, that beard is enough to terrify anybody. Uh, but yeah, the the fact of the matter is now, um, if if... Carl Evans felt the pressure. He didn't really show it in Australia because he had that fantastic run 
to the semis. Um, he was perhaps a little disappointing at the French, where he could have actually probably done more because clay is a surface that suits him really well. But the weight of expectation on that young man's shoulders now is going to be massive. Even more so, I say, than um, any weight that might be on Joanna Conter's shoulders having made a run to the semi-final for two reasons. One, she made a run to the semi-final, so she knows what it's like to surpass Andy in the same tournament. And number two, her form has been so up and down, I don't think anybody's really got any uh, expectations of her getting maybe, you know, I think she's got Halep in the fourth round. She could get past her. I mean, she did last year in the quarterfinals, but the, you know, it was one of the best matches of the tournament. I don't think she's got that confidence yet to pull off something like that. And if she, if she does get past Halep, she's got Kvitova, who she definitely won't get past. So, you know... It's it's going to be tough for her, but I honestly think that all the focus is going to be on Kyle. It's going to be tough. For Kyle? Yeah. I think Kyle's got a bit of a, a difficult road ahead because he might be facing Novak Djokovic in the third round, and Novak Djokovic is a different player than he was, say, six weeks ago. Uh, that's going to be a really tough match. But I think if he holds up and competes in that match, uh, he'll get a lot of respect from the British press and from everybody else watching Um yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, it'd be nice to see him do some damage on grass. Of course, the British fans will be rooting for that because he's going to be the guy that makes it furthest. Well, he's played, his, I think he's had his best grass court year in terms of the, the, the warm-up. So, you know, signs are good that he's going to have a decent run. And, you know, there is no shame losing to, a, you know, a multi-Grand Slam champion like Djokovic in the third round. Uh, and as I said, I you know Djokovic is my quiet pick for a good deep run or a challenge. So um, it, so it'll be interesting to see. And of course, it will kicks off tomorrow. It now does. day oh day one in the Big Brother house. Um, what are your picks for day one? Well, I haven't really stepped into the prediction zone just yet. No, and you need to. I I'm predicting complete and utter chaos for us in the media room, running around like chickens with our heads chopped off, chasing interviews. Those would be headless chickens. Let me just translate (laughs) Californian into English. Um, (laughs) You know, I predict a win for Roger Federer and Serena Williams in convincing fashion. Uh, How about that? That's stepping out on the ledge. I mean, Vavrinka and Dimitrov. Come on. I think Gregor wins. I, Stan has just not found ways to win this season, and I think that trend probably continues. Okay. Like, like it has so many times at Wimbledon for Stan. And you think that Serena Williams, who's the last on court number one, is going to win? I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that I think that's going to be... I'll tell you what will be an interesting one to watch is uh, Sloan and Donna Vekic. That's not an easy start for Sloan. That's a bit of a popcorn match because we know what Vekic almost did last year against Joe Conta, one of the matches of the tournament. Yep. Very good on the surface. I think... Did she get to the Nottingham final? She did this year. Yeah. No, she went out in the semis. Semis to to Conta. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good on this surface, and Sloane better be ready to go from first ball, or else yeah. she could, you know, could be an upset special. Um, oh gosh, in terms of Jigglypuff match, I mean, as much as we love him, uh, I think Chilich versus Nishioka is probably going to be a bit of a yawn fest. So that'll be probably a good one to go and get an early lunch. Uh, let's have a look. <laughs> <laughs> We're just quickly paging down. We just scrolled past Monty and Gasquet, which is yeah. not, not bad at all. No, um, Cine with the good hair versus Coco van der Wey. That could be quite interesting. Now, the, the real question is, can Carolina Pliskova actually make it to the, to the third round? So mm-hmm. she's up against Britain's Harriet Dart. I actually think that she's going to get past Dart fairly rapidly. Because uh, Netsa and Stritzable would just worth it for the sheer oh, the drama of it all. 
Um, uh, but apart from that, I mean, there's, there's some good matches on the outside courts so that people have got uh, marching around tickets, I think. I'm excited to see Stefano Tsitsipas of Greece get his first win at, at, at Wimbledon, which would be nice. Yeah. Uh, the other Pliskovers in action as well. Double the Pliskova fun. Uh, and then what else have we got here? Oh, lots of matches. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, anybody who's got an outside ticket is going to be sport for choice, really. There's some really good matches. You can be bouncing around the courts. Rebarakova gets started out on court 11. Uh, she's been very impressive with, on grass. With Kirstea. Should be interesting. Yeah, let's have a look what else we've got down here with your page down. Uh, yeah, what would be your Jigglypuff match? The one that was sending you to sleep. Sabalenka Buzarnescu? Nice no. One. Oh, that's, no, Jigglypuff is the sleeper. He's okay. a sleeper. Yeah, I was going to say, well, Sabalenka and Buzarnescu will be another good mm. drama one. Sabalenka really impressed me, actually, mm. in Eastbourne. She's a hell of a fighter. Yeah, mm. yeah, I was really I was really quite impressed with that. Um, and then to be arranged, we're going to have um, ex-Brit Aliash Bedene against current Brit uh, Cameron Norrie that's going to probably <laughs> let land up on one of the show courts if they finish early and Radvanska is another person who really um, uh, impressed me in she's eSport back. she yeah. is back she is back and it was really funny because she only bought three dresses because she was she didn't think that she'd go that far <laughs> and she was like I have to do laundry um, yeah so th- for a kickoff day there's, there's a lot do we, who do we think is going to be like a, surprise, a shocker to go out on the first day scattered seeds. You know, I'm picking Sloane Stevens for a deep run, and now that I think about it, she could. She's also a shocker candidate tomorrow. I think Raonic could be a candidate for a shock exit. Milos, yeah, we don't know if he's completely healthy. If he isn't, then it's there for the taking for Liam Brody as a mm. wild card. You um, think? Yeah, if he's if he's not fit, um, if Brody can come in, slice and dice, and move him, uh-huh. because. Ramich just exi- just exists off off his serve and you know and he can and what, it frustrates me about him because he can actually play all court tennis he can actually move about the court quite well he, for such a big unit he can actually be quite nimble but he just refuses to it's all about the serve for him and I think if if Brody can get on the end of some of those serves and start making a bit of a fight of it and he's got a lovely little slice and dice mm. I think he ought to take his chance that'd be a Pretty big if, given, given how hard Raonic's serve is to return on the grass. Yeah. But you know that would be a massive win for Brody. Oh, it would be huge. Um, but I think if any if anybody's a shock exit, um, especially on day one, he would be uh, like you. I see what you're saying about Stan. Um, but Dimitrov's been as more flaky than a crumbly flake. You think Stan's going to win that match? I think it's fifty fifty. Well, you, you know what? I watched him. I think at Roland Garros where he was like limping and like carrying his knee in one air in the air because it, his leg had fallen off and then he went to five and one it's like well how injured are you man he's close to getting he's close to turning it around he just can't find ways to win right now and and grigor he, and just Grigor, can't, he, he can't win for toffee yeah, these right guys now. it's good that one of them's gonna win that's all we can okay. really say about that <laughs> okay right well obviously um we're going to be back tomorrow when it all kicks off Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, you've been listening, of course, to Ros Satov from Britwatch Sports. And Cusado from Tennis Now. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.